we all want to hear those great words, well done, good and faithful servant, you ran a good race. And I think actually most Christ followers, deep in their hearts, they so want to be more effective in reaching their family and their friends with God's love. Today's first-person guest is Gerard Long, the executive director of Alpha USA and the author of the new book, Awakening to God. Welcome to our conversation, which will begin in just a moment. I'm Wayne Shepherd. You'll find additional information about this program and Gerard Long's book online at firstpersoninterview.com. And we're on Facebook as well, facebook.com slash firstpersoninterview. Gerard was with us last year on this program and gave his testimony, which included how God led him to the ministry of Alpha, but also the pain their family had experienced because of the suicide of their teenage son in 2005. Well, since that conversation, Gerard and Jeannie Long have also had a beautiful young daughter, Rebecca, die by drowning. Their grief has increased, but God's sustaining grace is even greater. We've placed a link to that first conversation at our website, but when Gerard and I sat down to talk recently, we began by talking about Rebecca. Yes, our our eldest daughter, Rebecca, a very, very sweet, um, beautiful young lady who just so loved the Lord, and she was serving with me uh, on Alpha for the last seven years or so, and uh, leading the Alpha youth, and we were starting to minister together across the country, seeing tremendous fruit. And then just back in May of this year, um, I'd just been with her in San Diego. Then I had to go to the UK for actually for an Alpha conference. And uh, while I was there, I had the phone call from a detective. Anyway, long story short, um, Rebecca had been for a run. It was a very hot day. And uh, she'd fallen into Lake Michigan, and the water was still freezing from the winter. Mm. And she was overcome with hypothermia and ending up drowning. Mm. So it's we yeah, it's been a very very painful road and journey and tremendous brokenness um, and we've just been reaching out to to God and one of the things that's really come home to me through this time is how much we are God's body because we felt God's love really coming through to us from our friends and family uh, people who know Christ the messages the love um, just the tremendous sense of God sustaining us through this this terrible pain and suffering and his grace coming to us. Um, So it's been a revelation for me. Obviously, we know we talk about us being the body, but just really hit home that we literally are his hands and feet, God's hands and feet here on earth, and he wants to work through us to accomplish his will and purpose. Um, So, yes, it's... um, We're we're just now saying, okay, God, this is is our cup. Um, We didn't ever want this. No parent, of course, would want to lose not one but two children. Um, and yet we're saying, okay, if, if this is our cup, we pray that by your grace that you will you will use us, you will use this, this tragedy somehow to glorify your name and to shine through for more people to come to know Christ. That's our, that's our goal. Yes. Jeannie and I are one mind. We're here on earth for a reason, all, all of us. And as Christ followers, we believe that the key and number one reason is to, to be part of God's rescue plan for, for the precious uh, men and women and children here, here on earth. And, and that's what we want to give our lives even more, even more of a laser, a laser focus, if you like, to, to this mission that we believe God's, God's given us, given all of us, 
while we're here on Earth. And we'll talk about that today. Gerard, from our earlier conversation almost two years ago, uh, you did recount the story of your teenage son who committed suicide uh, back in 2005, I believe it was. And now to have this happen to Rebecca, as you said, to lose two children like that can be so devastating. And you gave the testimony of not only yourself, but your wife, Jeannie, who really, really struggled so deeply with both of these deaths, but especially your son, uh, got got her off track spiritually, didn't it? It did. It did. She she went from, from utter shock and horror, uh, anguish, to blame, um, to eventually unbelief. She couldn't reconcile uh, how loving God could have uh, uh, permitted Alex to pass in such a way. And I know she grieved deeply when Rebecca died, so my question is, how is she doing? What's going on with Jeannie? Well, it, it really has been a miracle, and I, I, I can only say that. I, she lost her faith for two years when after Alex passed, and so I'm thinking, how on earth is she going to cope? And, and what's happened, Wayne, is that God has been speaking to her, and there was one, one instance where she went up into to her room, a room where Alex, Rebecca used to sleep, and she really was... Uh, going to have ranting and raving at God and uh, taking offense, taking offense. God, how, how on earth can this, can this be for us? And while she was there, and the way she describes it, it was though um, in her spirit she sensed God's presence uh, and his glory. And she got an awareness of the greatness of God just for an instance, awareness of how great God is and how small we are. And She's, it's as though she was there standing before the Lord, and she's thinking, how can I ever take offense, little me, at, at such an almighty God, an all-powerful God who sustains everything by the power of his word? And, and when she came out of that, of that room, and she was changed. Mm. She came downstairs. I said, Janie, what, what's happened? And she, she told me what's happened. And, and two other people independently said, Janie, there's a glow on you. It's almost like Moses going up the mountain. Just that, just that moment of God's presence set her free from the anguish of of taking offence. We we still grieve as parents, of obviously, course. yes, and and humanly we still grieve. But the presence of God set her free from that wrestle of faith, and have, I've never seen her faith so strong. Hmm. Um, amazing. Well, that brings a chill, knowing that's how. That's that's the love of our God, right? How that's how God yes. works, and uh, I just hope you'll give Jeannie our love. And uh, I, I will do. We, I will we, do. We, we admire you. you both so much. Um, back on our earlier conversation, you began by saying, you know, you were. This is prior to Rebecca's death, but after your sons, you said, you know, the Lord sustains me. You quoted scripture. Yes, and yes. it's only by His grace. And now you know that even more deeply. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. We both say in our flesh, we're. We're, we're finished. This, our suitcase is empty. We've got nothing of ourselves. But by His Spirit, we're, we're alive and we keep going. And, uh, and, and I mean, it's for all, the same for all of us, actually. It's only His grace that right. sustains us. But you realize it in a way that, you know, takes a long, longer time for us to wake up. To, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly right. And, and all we can say is, yes, Lord, we're, we're here we are. We're, you called us and we signed up. We're, we're fully in. And so... Now, please give us strength to keep going and to do what you want us to do for, for your glory. And that's all that matters at the end of the day is God's glory. Well, again, we're going to place a link to that uh, first conversation we had nearly two years ago on our website where people can go back and listen who may have missed it to get your full testimony. But we just want you to know of our love and admiration for you two, and, and uh, we admire the faith that God has gifted you with. And 
And now it's not just a faith you're keeping to yourself. You've always, uh, since the, what, 1980, when the Lord really woke you up, uh, you've always wanted to share that faith with others. And now you've written this book, Awakening to God. How is what you've been through personally, the tragedies that you've, your family has gone through, so to speak, how has that contributed to this book, Gerard? Well, I think what, what happens when you go through intense suffering is you ask big questions, and it's good to ask questions. And the overriding question for, for us is, is why, Lord, and why are we still on, here on earth? At a very basic level, I, I, to be honest, it's like Paul said, to, to, to me, to live is Christ, to die is gain. I, I can't wait for heaven. I, more, of my, more of my direct family are in heaven now than they are on earth. My, two of my three children, two of my three siblings, my, my dad, my, my nephew. And so I'm saying, God, I, I just want to be with you. This is pain is too much. But then I read in John 14 and John 17, Jesus said, where I am, that you might be also. In other words, he wants us with him as well. So the, you, you're left with the question, well, why? Why am I still here? And the answer, of course, is because God has got a work that he's planned from the creation of the universe for us to be doing here on earth. It's not about us. It's about him and his glory. And and then you go to see, well, why did Jesus come to this earth? Well, he came, we're told, by the, by the angels to the shepherds as a savior. He came literally to this broken world to come and rescue men and women. And it's a, if you like, it's a, it's a rescue mission. That's what it's all about. And, and then he handed the baton on to his followers and said, now you go. As I was sent, now I'm sending you. And, of course, he said, that's in John 2021. 20, of course, the Great Commission is go and make disciples. And so... The book is really all about wanting to encourage folks uh, who are following Jesus to, to see this and to see that God's made full provision for us to do his work and his will here on earth, this rescue mission. And so you, you, you relate it back to Scripture, of course, that the disciples who were told to go, and Jesus made it very clear, wait in Jerusalem until you are empowered. I'm, I'm paraphrasing a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, but you will, be, you will be given the power to do the things that I've taught you to do, um, which, of course, was Pentecost. Yes. Chapter 2 was the Holy Spirit came, and those timid, frightened disciples <laughs> who were in that locked room were filled with the Holy Spirit. Can you imagine? And they, yeah. I, I mean, it's like you and me. I mean, most of us, are, are we find it awkward and difficult to share our faith. Um, but then the Holy Spirit comes and gives us the power, the, the love first, Romans 5, 5, the love which is poured into our hearts, God's love for people, just that he loves people. And, uh, and of course, that's what Jesus came, was to, because he loves so much, he came, John three sixteen, and And so that, the Holy Spirit then comes to give us the love, give us the power, uh, Acts 1, verse 8, to be what? To be his witnesses. And so then we are, we are called to be his witnesses where he's planted us. And the, the goal of the book really is to give people a, a vision and, and equipping to say that wherever you are, wherever God's planted you, it's no coincidence. I was just reading just recently, Psalm 139, 16, that, that my life is written in his book. All the details of my life are already written in his book. He knows where we, where we are, our, our neighborhood. He knows the family we've been born into. He knows where we're working. And he's planted us. Yeah. It's no where mistake we where we are, is it? Yeah, no, absolutely. No coincidence. So once we get that, then we say, okay, well, what do you want me to do, Lord? Well, he wants us to be his hands and feet. He wants us to be literally reaching out with the same love that Jesus came to this earth to reach out with, to be a friend of sinners, to come alongside people who are desperately hurting, 
Or maybe they're not, they don't realize that they're lost, but we can, by loving them and showing them God's love, let the light that God's put in us, and Jesus, of course, said, you are now the light of the world. Let that light shine to them, that they can start thinking, hmm, maybe there's more to life than I'm realizing. And maybe they'll see something in us that makes them think, well, maybe there is something more beyond this life. And, and maybe there is a heaven and a hell. And it gets them thinking. And, and so not that you'd ever want to say to someone, oh, you're going to hell, because that, that rarely works. That normally turns people off. But you can love people, and in that love, then, they can start asking questions. Then either lead them to the Lord yourself, or, as you know, Wayne, Alf is a, a very easy on-ramp, very effective on-ramp for people to come and ask their questions. Well, that's Gerard Long's passion to introduce people to Jesus Christ, and we'll talk more about it coming up in the second part. Next week, there's a new biography of D.L. Moody and those who influenced him, and we'll talk with the author. Henry Morehouse took his people on a guided tour of the scriptures, showing that how in every age God loved those who had sinned. Moody said when he heard it, the tears came, it was like news from a far country, and it transformed his preaching ministry entirely. Moody biographer Kevin Belmonte, next time on First Person. My guest on First Person today is Gerard Long, the executive director of Alpha USA, and uh, what a dear brother he is. And I'm glad, Gerard, you could rejoin us on the program here and pick up kind of where we left off a couple of years ago in telling your story. Your new book is Awakening to God, Discovering His Power and Your Purpose, and I'm very excited about this book. I want to talk more about it, but tell me about Alpha for those, I mean, so many people know Alpha, are enrolled in Alpha courses, churches are involved around the country, but for those who don't know about Alpha, tell us about it. Well, this is an amazing phenomenon. We call it an idea, or it's a strategy for church, if you like. It started in, in London, in the UK, in the early 90s. It's now in 169 countries, 24 million people have been through it all around the world. And here in the U.S., we've seen tremendous growth over the last six years or so, five or six years. And last year, a quarter of a million people, we estimate, made a first or recommitment to Jesus Christ uh, while, while attending Alpha. And really what it is, it's an opportunity for people to make new friends. We have people who are atheists, agnostic, Buddhists, Hindus, all sorts of people, uh, all people going, coming to church but haven't really got it, ever really understood what it means to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. They come in, we have a meal together. It's very, very friendly, warm, uh, lots of fun, lots of jokes. Second then part of, a, of a, an event, evening, might be, uh, would be a talk, some aspect of Jesus and his teaching. Why did Jesus die? How can I be sure of my faith? How can I, why and how do I read the Bible? And then the third part is discussion. Socratic teaching, in other words, question-based, and it allows people to come up with their questions. Now, why, why is there so much suffering in the world? What about all the other religions? And in that environment of love and acceptance, we, don't, we always make a point, no one's going to be judged. You can, you can say whatever you want to say. We'll respect your views. We may not agree with them, but we'll respect them. In that environment, the walls come down, the barriers come down. People hear the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. And we see the Holy Spirit do what only he can do, which is to convict people of their sin and bring them into relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Hmm. It's a very powerful tool, I believe, that God's given to the church for today. And the passion that we have now is that more people can come and hear yeah. about Jesus. And that's going to happen through 
Christ followers. Right. And this works in churches large and small. That's the amazing thing. It doesn't matter how big the church is or where the church is. It, it works everywhere. It does, and, it, and and wherever there's people. So we run, you know, run camp uh, on campuses all around America. About 500 or so campuses in prisons, in the workplace. We just launched a very exciting youth film series. We're seeing a 26 percent first time commitment to Jesus really? Christ. Wow! Yeah, yeah, that's From astounding. 13 to 18 year olds. So it's it, it's really very encouraging this this tool, and 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 it, it, all it takes is people who love who love the Lord and who love other people, willing to open up, whether it's in homes or whether it's in their church or wherever, wherever they may be in the workplace, and invite people to come and ask questions. And, and let's talk about who Jesus is. Was he real? Was he human? Was he fully God? Who was he? And, and it's amazing the evidence that's there people don't really realize. Yeah. I, I like the title of your book, too, Awakening, uh, Awakening to God, Discovering His Power and Your Purpose. There is a twofold part to this. It's, it's a personal awakening to God, and then it's an awakening to the fact that we've got something so good, we've got to share it. Yes, absolutely. And I think that's the, the first part is really aimed at the heart, because so often people um, get involved or want to get involved. They're concerned for their family and their friends who don't know Christ. Um, they don't really know how to go about it. And I, I think it, should st- it starts with the heart, as so often in our walk with Christ. And it starts with really awakening to God's love through the Holy Spirit, because it's His, his life in us that makes the difference. It's His love in us that gives us a motivation to put ourselves out, to lay our lives down, if you like, to reach out to people. Because it is awkward. I mean, let's face it, it can be awkward reaching out to people. It takes time. It takes effort. It takes capacity. We're also very busy. And yet, God, I believe, wants us to be motivated by love, uh, overarching, that, that trumps all the other priorities in our lives. It's a, it's a love of God that motivates us to reach out, maybe to family members who we've always found difficult, or maybe to neighbors, or maybe it's a work colleague. And just out of that love uh, to be called to go, as Jesus said, and to reach out. And then the second part of the book is the equipping. How, how do you actually start a spiritual conversation? How do you find the person of peace? How do you ask questions to get people people's faith stirred? Well, let me ask you about that a little bit, because there have been so many evangelism programs, uh, to, to call them what they are through their years, and they all have a little slightly different approach, but... Is this a formula? What, what, how do you approach this? Well, I think, as I said, I think the first thing is, is heart. We, we, our hearts have got to be stirred by the Holy Spirit. So I encourage in the book that we should have, as D.L. Moody, he said, I need to keep on being filled with the Holy Spirit yeah, because I, I leak. leak. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's a great... Billy Graham said it's not an option for a Christian to be filled with the Holy Spirit. It's a necessity. Yeah. And so I think we need to do that. And it's, it's, it's very natural. It's, what we're simply saying is, Lord, I, I can't do this today. I need your help. Would you come and refresh me in your love? Fill me again with your power. Very simple, uh, regular prayers that we should be asking. And, and out of that, then, it gives us the power and the motivation to go. And then, and then it's, I don't think it's a formula. I think when we're motivated by love, I think we're going to have eyes to see and ears to hear the people around us who, who maybe are hurting. Maybe they're putting up on a face, but really they're really hurting. Right. And knowing how then to reach out with kindness. One of the stories I tell in the book is of a, of a chap I, I knew at work and we, when I was working in the bank, in the, in the banking industry. We had a residential weekend and I noticed this chap um, wasn't there for the evening meal. So 
I just felt a prompting, and, and I think we, we need to be awakened to God's prompting on our lives as well. And I felt a prompting just to excuse myself from the meal, and I went up to this guy's room, knocked on the door, and I just said, Look, I hope you don't mind. I noticed you not. You weren't at the evening meal. Is everything okay? Can I do anything for you? And he said, thank you so much for coming up. Uh, but no, I'm not, I'm not feeling too well. I just wanted to miss the evening meal. Well, two weeks later, this guy came to faith in Christ. Hmm. But he told me later that it, it was that simple act, really? very simple act of kindness wow. that touched him deeply. And so, you know, we, we sometimes we don't realize that these little things God's working through. Yeah. But we need to have eyes to see and ears to hear to do these things. Well, we only have a couple of minutes left, Gerard. But let me ask you, because I talked with a businessman recently who said, he's in the car industry, and he said, when I go to a car show, he said, I'm going into the mission field. And he said, it's never been easier to share my faith because people are more open than we think they are. They, yes. they, they know things are wrong in their life, and they want answers, and we shouldn't be holding back. Yes, absolutely. And I, that, that's wonderful, because when I was in, in the banking industry, I, I loved it. That was my mission field. I had People didn't know Christ all around me, and it was just so wonderful and so exciting. I think it should be fun. It's like fishing. Jesus said, follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. (laughs) Who doesn't enjoy (laughs) fishing, huh? That's right. That's right. And so you're looking for the Spirit of God to create those openings and and to be able to speak into people's lives. I I mean, there's so many opportunities I had at work. I saw many of my work colleagues come to faith in Jesus. And it it was nothing, nothing special necessarily that I was doing other than just being open. And, and wanting, and, and that's where the love comes in, wanting to, to, to reach out to people um, and to be able to speak into their lives and ask questions. I always think asking questions is such a powerful way yes. to stir people's interest. Why are we so timid about this? Well, I think, Wayne, I have to come back again and again to, to uh, being really open to the, the work of the Holy Spirit. I think often we're trying to do it in our strength, and we can't. We, we need God to help us. I think that ongoing refreshing in God's love, uh, he gives us the boldness. He said, I will empower you to do this. So I think that's that, and I think also, I think we get so busy in our lives, that can be a distraction as well. So intentionality, I think that's one of the words I love to use, to be intentional about participating in God's rescue mission here on earth. And I think that's going to be key. We, want, we all want to hear those great words, well done, good and faithful servant, you ran a good race. And I think actually most Christ followers, deep in their hearts, they so want to be more effective. So I hope this this book will be a real catalyst for that and be better equipped to reach out to lost people. What Gerard and Jeannie Long have endured losing two children in such tragic ways is almost unimaginable. And yet, their story of faith and trust in God despite the circumstances is a testimony to us all of God's power to heal and provide. We'll place a link to that first conversation we had with Gerard before Rebecca's death on our website, firstpersoninterview.com. And there online, we'll have links to more information about his new book, Awakening to God, which he talked about today. And of course, you can learn about Alpha as well, all at firstpersoninterview.com. While you're online, check out the audio archive of past interviews and the upcoming schedule as well. And then for comments, visit us on Facebook at facebook.com slash firstpersoninterview. Next week, our guest will be Kevin Belmonte, the author of a new biography, D.L. Moody, A Life. It's all about the evangelist who is an innovator and world changer, D.L. Moody. That's next time. Now, with thanks to my friend and producer, Joe Carlson, I'm Wayne Shepard. Thanks for listening to First Person. First Person.